Hello friends, during this Easter Triduum, I want to share with you a fairy tale story I wrote, one that's very dear to my heart. It's called The Legend of the Everspring Tree. While on one level it reads, well, just as a classical fairy tale, it was very much inspired by the passion narrative of Jesus, which is why I am choosing to release it on a Good Friday. However, as you journey with the young apothecary, see if you can also pick up other Christian themes such as vocation, call, and redemption. The Legend of the Everspring Tree Once upon a time, there lived a brilliant young apothecary. He was the best healer in the kingdom and knew how to make many different medicines from many different herbs. In fact, he was so good that the great king of the land granted him the emerald robe, making him the most honoured healer in the kingdom. And all welcomed this young emerald-robed apothecary with his rickety wagon of medicines as he travelled across the land. One night, as the young apothecary was grinding his herbs, the manna spirit, guardian of healers, appeared in a gentle shimmering of blue light. Young one, you are great, she sang, and a promising future awaits you. Oh, I know there is much more to learn, replied the humble apothecary, and one day I want to be able to find a cure for every possible sickness. This is possible, young one, the manor spirit sang, but only for the apothecary who finds the everspring tree. Only its delicate golden leaves can heal every sickness in the kingdom. Where can I find this everspring tree? inquired the apothecary. Alas, only a pure apothecary, one whose entire life has been dedicated to the healing of others, can find the everspring tree. Then I will be a pure apothecary, said he, and I promise I will find the everspring tree for my kingdom. And with that, the manna spirit departed in another shimmering of light. The apothecary, however, had one secret he didn't want anybody to know about. He was secretly in love with the princess of the kingdom, and she also with him. But the great king of the land was a man of tradition. Being merely a humble apothecary with no royal blood, there was no way that they could ever be together. So one night, while the apothecary was gazing at the ruby amulet the princess had secretly given him, he decided upon a plan. He would apply his brilliant mind to create a special potion for the king. Once taken, this potion would change the king's mind and grant the apothecary whatever favour he asked. Then he would ask for the princess's hand in marriage. But on the night before the apothecary was about to carry out his plan, the manna spirit reappeared by his bedside. Dear apothecary, what are you planning to do? She sang sadly. 
I have created a healing potion for the king, lied the apothecary. Are you honoring the emerald robe you are wearing? the man of spirit asked. But the young apothecary dismissed her question and rolled over to sleep. The next morning, he mounted his horse and galloped towards the palace with the king's potion. When the apothecary arrived at the gates of the palace, however, he was immediately seized by two guards and placed in heavy chains. Astonished, he was dragged before the throne of the great king. The king was furious. Two of my guards patrolling near your hut last night heard you talking in your sleep. I know now what you were planning to do to me. How could you? I trusted you. The young apothecary was silenced by his shame. The king took a deep breath before he continued. Because you have served my kingdom for so many years, I haven't the heart to punish you as I would others. But for attempted treason, you will be banished from this kingdom. You will never see my daughter ever again. And most of all, you will no longer be able to practice your craft. Hear me now. From this moment onwards, you are banned from practicing as an apothecary. You will no longer be a healer. And with that, the two guards tore the emerald robe from his shoulders and dragged him away in chains. They went to his hut and broke every single bottle of medicine, pouring out his life's work into the dust. Then they set fire to his wooden wagon. Amidst the billowing smoke, the apothecary sank to his knees in despair. He was simply devastated. Ashamed, banished from his home, separated from his beloved and without his emerald robe, he wandered the wilderness for many lonely days until he found himself a simple cave to live in. There he stayed. No one saw the young apothecary for many, many years, and soon all memory of him was lost. Years passed, and in time, the great king of the land died of old age, and a younger king ascended to the throne to take his place. But the young apothecary knew nothing of this. In fact, his time alone in exile convinced him even more that he was still destined to be an apothecary. Though I have been banished, I am still a healer at heart, he thought to himself. If I cannot heal the sick in the kingdom in person, I can at least help other healers in the kingdom. Yes, from tonight onwards, I will secretly plant many healing herbs for them to use. And so the apothecary began to secretly go out under the cover of night. Climbing over the kingdom walls, he planted and tended many healing herbs all over the land. Many of the other healers, none, however, as brilliant as he, were soon delighted to discover herbs springing up all over the kingdom fields like magic and eagerly used them for their medicines. The manna spirit must be looking kindly upon us, they said to one another. No one guessed that they were planted by the young apothecary. He continued his secret work for many years. Then one cold winter, 
the kingdom was struck by a terrible, incurable illness. None of the healers could find a cure for it, not even from the herbs sowed by the apothecary. They became exhausted and desperate, and the apothecary himself became very ill. As he lay resting one night, he suddenly heard the sound of horse hooves outside his cave. Hello, came a woman's voice. Is there anybody in there? The apothecary let out a gasp of surprise, for into his humble cave walked his beloved, the princess of the kingdom. He felt a warmth flooding into his heart. The years had made the princess look even more beautiful, while he, having lived in the wild for so long, had become rather ugly. The princess looked desperate. Please, sir, help me, whoever you are. I am seeking refuge. I am faint. She didn't recognize the apothecary at all, for the years had made him look very different indeed. Your Majesty, please, please come in and warm yourself by the fire, he stammered. What are you doing out here all alone? My kingdom is in great danger, she said. It has been struck by an incurable illness. I myself am leading the last of my knights to find a cure for my people. But I was separated from my caravan in the storm. And I... The princess was shivering. The apothecary's heart melted as he gently placed a crude, hand-woven blanket around his beloved. He then offered her some of his warm soup to eat. He sat quietly watching her. At last she spoke. Thank you, kind sir. My husband the king will reward you greatly for this service you have done to me. On hearing this, the apothecary felt a deep sorrow pierce his heart. Your husband, the king, his beloved was married now? She was the queen now? He fought back the bitter tears welling up in his eyes. She spoke, but sadly, the great king himself has been struck by the incurable illness. She suddenly looked up at the apothecary with hope in her eyes. Kind sir, do you know of any great healers outside the kingdom? All the healers in my kingdom have failed to find a cure. Shoulders slumped, the young apothecary took a deep breath. My dear queen, only the Everspring tree can save your king and your people. Its golden leaves are set to cure any illness. However, only the pure apothecary can find it. A pure apothecary, repeated the queen sleepily. I knew a man once who might have been one of those. With that, the exhausted queen promptly fell asleep on the mossy cave floor. The young apothecary watched as his beloved slept before him. There she lay, seemingly so close to him, yet so far out of reach. I could make a love potion, he thought. I could make her remember our love once, and we could run away together. No one would ever know. He sighed and turned away, his hands over his face. But what about the kingdom? What about the ill king? No, I could not do such a thing. And so, with a heavy heart, he sat some distance from his beloved and watched over her the whole night long as she rested. 
Not once did he lay a hand on her. The next morning, the queen awoke to find an empty cave and the apothecary gone, and her horse with him. But besides her was a handwritten note. Beloved queen, I have taken your horse to travel over the eastern mountains in search of the Everspring tree. Should I be successful, I will return to you. And fear not for your own safety. To find your way home, just take the path through the Viridian Forest. Farewell. And so, with a glimmer of hope in her heart, the Queen returned home. As for the apothecary, he resisted his illness and set out after the Everspring tree through foreign lands. His quest took him far and wide. Through swampland and desert he traversed, down valleys and up mountain peaks he searched. He fought wild animals and wilder storms and received both the welcome and the ridicule of foreigners. All the time his health declined. But nowhere he looked did he find the Everspring tree. No one had even heard of it. Perhaps I was never meant to find it. Because of my love for the Queen, I was never destined to be a pure apothecary. When even the Queen's horse died from sheer exhaustion, he knew that he had to return home empty-handed. And so he began the long, sad return journey. He was devastated. He had failed his kingdom and his beloved, and he had failed as an apothecary. The snow billowing all around him mirrored the sorrowful storm within. His illness made every step home harder and harder as his strength failed. When the apothecary was within reach of his cave, his strength finally gave out. As he lay in the snowy grass, he heard what sounded like soft singing. And there and then, the apothecary died. The falling snow suddenly stopped and there was a reverent hush all over the land. The warming sun peeked out from behind the clouds. Over his body, with a shimmering of sapphire light, appeared the manor spirit. She softly caressed the body of the young apothecary. Here is an apothecary who has given his life for the healing of others, she sang softly. Here is one who has proven himself pure. The manor spirit gently touched the apothecary on his forehead. Arise now, Everspring tree. Suddenly, the ground emitted a beautiful golden light and the land was filled with song. And from the hands, feet and eyes of the apothecary, shone the shimmering light of the stars. Then, with one final glorious flash, the manor spirit transformed the body of the apothecary into an ever-spring tree.
When the queen of the land did not hear any news from the apothecary, she herself went out with a convoy to find his cave again. She was surprised to find a magnificent golden tree planted just outside his cave, but she could not find the apothecary anywhere. But then she saw something hanging from the branches. It was her old ruby amulet. As she held it close to her heart and caressed it, she could just make out the echo of the manna spirit's song. This is the everspring tree, she whispered to her convoy. It will bring healing to our kingdom and to the king. Come, we must take it with us and place it within the kingdom walls. She commanded her knights to carefully dig around the tree and transport it back inside the palace. With the tree now at the heart of the kingdom, all the healers accessed its delicate golden leaves, and soon the sick in the land began to recover. When even the king was restored to good health, he turned to his queen and said, We should wrap the emerald robe around the trunk of the everspring tree, in honour of the manna spirit. The queen gladly obeyed with great joy in her heart. And from that day on, and for many, many years to come, the queen could often be found sitting under the everspring tree, resting in the embrace of its healing arms. The End Thank you, dear friends, for journeying with me today, and hopefully you enjoyed The Legend of the Everspring Tree. I hope it worked well as a standalone fairy tale, but I also pray it was able to illuminate the sacrifice of Jesus and our call as followers to follow in his footsteps to become a living sacrifice for the salvation of others. Mm. So if you did enjoy the tale, I'm excited to tell you that I've actually released this very story as an illustrated picture book, as in a physical one, with yours truly doing the illustrations. This book is available now for purchase on Amazon at a very reasonable price too. So if you're interested in obtaining your own copy of The Legend of the Everspring Tree, I will leave a link to the book on Amazon via the Myth Pilgrim website, Facebook page and the show notes of this episode. Thank you once again for journeying with me today, and I wish you every blessing for the remainder of the Easter Triduum. Journey forth, take care, and God bless.